This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down, end zone, touchdown, touchdown, Raiders. Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And here we are, Raider Nation. Two o'clock on the dot, Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. Demond Cotton behind the wheels of steel did a fantastic job holding it down on JT The Brick Show. He's going to hold it down for another two hours. Then make way for Vinny Bonsignor and Lincoln Kennedy, who's back in the fold for In the Huddle. 4 to 6 p.m. right here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Very excited about the lineup that we bring to you each and every day. Very excited about this week. I'm telling you, Raider Nation, I, I'm not really getting a lot of good sleep this week just because there's so much of my mind that is thinking about this upcoming game and every day here at the job. I normally wake up every morning about 5.30. Every morning, that's that's the time that the, the wife's alarm goes off, my alarm goes off, we start watching the news. Uh, you know, that's how you do. You just get up and out of bed. I have no joke been waking up about 4.45 every morning. No alarm, nothing. Just waking up at 4.45 because of the excitement level. And, Damon, you know, I'm up late working. So for me to get up a little bit earlier and wake up a little earlier and stay awake is just because of the excitement level of this game. And hearing JT, hearing you talk, hearing guys in the hallway, getting interview requests from all kind of radio stations across the country, this is such a big deal. It's such a big deal. You're talking about how you're not sleeping. You know, because I always know that you're up when you're tweeting out. You tweet out that link for the podcast <laughs> yep. about 1230 a.m. Guess what I did? As soon as you, as soon as you dropped it, I listened. Right. 1230 a.m. I'm listening. So you're up, too. I mean, and, <laughs> and, and, and I'm you, fired up. you were telling a hell of a story about, you know, being on a, on a Spaces. It was a Spaces link on Twitter, right? Yep. Yeah. I haven't actually jumped into Spaces yet. I get invited all the time. I haven't jumped into one. But you were in there talking, and actually you were listening at first, and someone recognized you and said, hey, Damon, what do you think of the week? Exactly. Like, hey, Damon here, let Damon speak. And it's just like, hey, I was fine just listening. But I really, after that game, I just want to hear what Raider fans were talking about, you know, see how fired up the fan base was because I'm fired up for you guys. Shoot, this is one of those weeks I want to say we. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow, that's next level right there. Damon's talking we. I mean, I'm telling you right now, Raider Nation, this is something to get excited about. I was talking to JT in the hallway, and I don't know when the next time there's going to be a game that's this massive – in your own backyard, in your own home stadium, regardless if you're going to go to the game or not, regardless if you live in the area or not, it's still in your home stadium. I don't know if it's going to be another game with so much riding on it as this upcoming game on Sunday that you have to be excited about this game. It's almost one of those games, like if a movie was going to be made, no matter what happens in the playoffs, if they win this game, the movie ends here because this is how <laughs> triumphant it will be just like – this like, I'm not saying like you know obviously if they make the playoffs you want to go as far as you right, can of course but if they win this game this is like the biggest game in Allegiant Stadium caps off like just a almost disastrous season of what could have been right and this like we're the team of destiny we got it done you know I like that you said that though because I hadn't thought about it like a movie but you know there's some movies and I think National Championship when we went and saw that preview the other day was like that where you're waiting to see what the actual outcome was going to be but you never did see it you know they never actually got to the game on the field. You just never knew, right? And I guess I just spoiled it for a lot of people. <laughs> My bad. I'm not, a, I'm not a movie guy, so I don't know the rules. But the point is, it's like, you know, there's certain movies where you get ready to get and you want to see what actually happened in the long run, and then all of a sudden that's when the movie ends. You know what I mean? So they could go on and go 
who knows, run the next four games into the playoffs and go win the Super Bowl. But really, the, the like you're saying, the movie kind of ends right at the end of the regular season. Like, it's there. They made it They made it to the playoffs. Boom. All of a sudden, the credits are rolling. I, I like that. I like that. That's that's pretty cool. That was a good one. And again, not a movie guy, so if you plan on going to see National Championship, my bad. <laughs> I didn't mean to do that to you. I really didn't. But uh, So, got a lot to get to coming up on today's show. Uh, found out some good news about the Raiders roster. Uh, heard earlier today, linebacker Will Compton was released. He actually put out a video earlier saying that he was uh, he was released because some guys were coming back onto the roster, so they had to make a they had to make some moves. So now I'm not saying it was a good thing that Will Compton got released. I'm saying it's a good thing that some guys are getting healthy. That's what's important. So a couple guys, real quick, I want to update you on defensive end Carl Nassib, guard Jordan Simmons, tight end Darren Waller, all activated from the reserve COVID-19. Great news. Will Compton, he just happened to be the sacrificial lamb. He had to, they had to make room on the on the roster, so they they released him, and then they waived linebacker Justin March Lillard. So those are the roster moves as of now. Uh, earlier today, Derek Carr, Rich Basaccia, KJ Wright, and I believe maybe one other talked to the media. Uh, so we'll have some little sound bites from that coming up throughout the course of the show or course of the day. I don't, I don't know if I'll get to any on, on unnecessary roughness, but I know Vinny will bring some to you for in the huddle. But uh, we got a lot to get to, including some really good guests on the show today. Coming up at 2.30, Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus really does a good job covering the Raiders. And uh, what I'm really impressed with is the Pro Football Focus numbers when it comes to the Raiders' defense the last three games, which is obviously the three-game winning streak, what they've been able to do statistically. So I'm going to talk to uh, Brad about everything stat-wise, everything pro football focus-wise with the Raiders and their three-game win streak, how they've been looking defensively, how they're looking offensively, and what his expectations are for Sunday against the Chargers. Then at 3 o'clock, Paloma Villacana. She joins us every week to talk a little UNLV. We'll talk to her about the the running Rebels, who uh, were supposed to have a game tonight, a little conference play game against San Jose State. That's been uh, canceled due to COVID. They also had a game on Saturday against Air Force that was supposed to be played, but uh, also not going to get played due to COVID. So that's a little bit of a setback for the running Rebels. We'll talk to her about the LV aces we'll talk to her about the hiring of becky hammond obviously that's a team that's owned by mark davis uh kind of what that means for the raiders moving forward as well and just the expectations of what mark davis can do and is willing to do to bring in a coach that he wants for the team and then we'll close things out at 3 30 with joe reedy he's a chargers beat writer for the ap does a fantastic job he joined us earlier this year matter of fact week four when the raiders were going to play the chargers uh gave us a really good breakdown of what to expect from the the team that the raiders were going to play now the team that's coming into allegiance stadium joe reedy will give us a good breakdown all of that. So that's all coming up on the show today. Of course, I'll have a couple topics for you. Uh, we'll hit up the Sam and Ash text line and we'll hear from you as well. 702-65-9200. Now it's time to jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of unnecessary roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Now, before I get into some sound that I want you to hear that I thought was very interesting that I heard from uh, NFL Live, and uh, it was Marcus Spears was there, Dan Olosky was there, Ryan Clark, who I really respect, was there, uh, Mina Kimes. They all were talking about Derek Carr. Before I get to that, I want to throw out I want to throw out this, this topic real quick. I want you to think about it, then I want you to hear this audio about quarterback Derek Carr. But the question I have for you today for the show, who do you think or who do you think should be the Raiders' X Factor on Sunday. So who who will be the X factor or who do you think should be the X factor? Cuz I think we know the guys like Hunter Renfro, he's going to have a big role. We know the guys like a Max Crosby going to have a big role. Unique and Denzel Perryman, 
possibly Darren Waller if he returns. Again, he's got to do some work in practice. We've been talking about it all week long. He's not guaranteed that he's going to play, but it sounds like he's progressing. He was limited in practice today. So I want to know from you, who do you think will be or should be the Raiders X Factor come Sunday? Now, but while you're thinking about that, I want you to listen to what Marcus Spears and company, especially Ryan Clark, had to say about Derek Carr on NFL Live because sometimes you just need to hear it from somebody else. Man, I love. I just love the 2022 Johnny Cash. That's what I call Derek Carr. He is it Johnny the hair? Cash. Hey, that hair has been hey, on that something. That hair and yeah. everything. But here's here's the thing, man. Because I I think we 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 talk about these QBs in this league a lot, mm-hmm. and we leave Derek Carr out. What I've seen from Derek Carr is. He's been as clutch as any quarterback in the NFL mm-hmm. this year. Two game-winning drives back-to-back, Cleveland and obviously this past week. But when you think about from a football context, like this show bring people into the locker room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you walk into your locker room, regardless of the things that you just mentioned, RC, that are going on, and that's your QB, You'll be all right. Yeah. And that's what I learned about Derek Carr this year more than any other year. I always felt like he was a good quarterback. I think it's the first time I've learned this about him. Maybe erasing some of the narratives about him in the past. Yeah, the toughness and all Mm -hmm. of that. But but what I'm what I'm pointing to this year is if Derek Carr is not the quarterback of the Raiders, they not here. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm not just talking about football. That's huge. If you think about the press conferences after the John Groom thing, after the Henry Ruggs thing. If he is not their quarterback, this team is not there. And I'm talking about dudes that's more talented than him playing quarterback. This was a job for Derek Carr this year, yeah, yeah. and he's proven he's to, had a he's had a level of empathy and understanding dude, that not many I other quarterbacks yeah. has not been afraid yeah. to take whatever comes with that. I agree. Like yeah. I, I'm, I'm just really impressed with how he's operating. So there's Marcus Spears, the big swagoo right there on NFL Live, ESPN, talking about Derek Carr. And Ryan Clark was chiming in there as well, uh, talking about Derek, uh, Derek Carr and, and what, he can, what he's been bringing to the table. And honestly, there's always going to be a debate about Derek Carr. I had someone ask me the other day, you know, what does he have to do to prove himself? And I was, you know, I don't think that that narrative is ever going to go away. That's fine. There's always going to be a divide if he's the guy, if he's not the guy. It doesn't matter. But we said it earlier this year especially after the Gruden and the Ruggs situation, that he's the right guy for this job. Hearing that, sometimes you just need to reinforce it. Sometimes you just need to hear it from someone else because you might get used to hearing it from me. You might get used to hearing it from Vinny or JT or Clay or whoever else that you're used to hearing every single day. But every once in a while, when a guy like the big Swagoo and Ryan Clark come out and point out exactly what we've been trying to tell you the whole time, that without this guy, the Raiders aren't where they are right now. And one of the things that Dan Orlovsky said, it was like a real throwaway because it was towards the end there. And he said, like, because that level of empathy, Ryan Clark said, and Dan yeah. Orlovsky says, I don't have it. Wish I had it. Right. There was just like even being a good person. That's Dan Orlovsky. He's had to lead some pretty bad teams in some bad situations when he was called to be a starter. Right. 0-16 Lions. Indianapolis, Peyton Manning's gone. And it's just like some guys, they can admit that where it's just like the job that he's doing, even me as a former quarterback, right. I wouldn't want to be in that position. Right, and that's the thing about it. It's, it's, it's really, it really came to the, to the forefront when they were talking about the fact that there's elite quarterbacks. There's quarterbacks that are better than Derek Carr that wouldn't want to be in that position. They wouldn't want to be that guy because they want to go out there and they just want to worry about football. They don't want to worry about nothing off the field. They don't want to worry about trying to be a leader of men. They don't want to worry about getting questions about, well, have you talked to this guy? Have you talked to that guy? Do you see your former coach all the time because you live near him? They, you know what I mean? Like the, the bullets that he has to take at times, and, and I say bullets, and I know there's not, it's, it's figurative. It's not realistic. But, I mean, what he's at times, 
It's a lot. It's a lot. It really is. So at the end of the day, I just kind of look at it like, man, regardless how you feel about anyone in that locker room, and especially the guy behind center, you've got to give him credit for what he's done and the position that they're in and the reason why everyone's so excited about this week. Now, before anyone tells me, yeah, but cue the defense. Look, the defense, absolutely. I mean, it's a team game. They're winning games because of the, the team. But every team has a leader. Every business has a leader. Every walk of life has a leader. And if you don't, you're probably not a very good team or a very good business. If you, if you have a business with no leadership, guess what? You have a failure. I always say you're only as good as your leadership. I had a, a program director that I really looked up to for a very long time. I actually gave my first opportunity to do sports radio. And I used to always give him a bad time whenever I would mess up. And it would, I, I didn't mess up much because I was really trying to be on point. But whenever I mess up, I'd be like, well, as good as your leadership. So I try to put it, I, I try to put it on him, you know, like it's his fault. Say, how you mess up and put it on him? Right, exactly. I would try to put it on him. But the point is, it's true. You're only as good as your leadership allows you to be. And that's exactly what Derek Carr has been able to do on the field. And to take it a step further, that's exactly what Rich Basachi has been able to do on the sideline. He's also been that leader. You're only as good as your leadership. You could have seen this team crumble. You could have seen this team say, woe is me, and tuck their tail between their legs and say, hey, I'm taking my ball and going home. You could have seen that. I guarantee there's teams in the league that probably would have done that. Hell, Urban Meyer was supposed to be a leader of men, and his, ta- his tail was, it never even came from underneath his leg. I mean, he was ready to rock and roll. Oh, man. my he God. You should out. have heard, like, the cons talking about him, where it's just like we've never seen someone, right. like, the interview process. He's such a strong leader. The right. way he shapes men. Oh, my God. And look what happened to him. Where that's where even like if they and did have a quarterback. And what's worse is, Demond, I mean, to cut you off, it's not what happened to him. It's him that happened to him. <laughs> I mean, seriously, he's not a very good leader. But the way they talked him up, like, oh, man, like, I wish, like, sometimes you wish that you were in that interview that sometimes you're watching and you're listening to. Ask a follow-up. Right. Oh, man, like, right. he, I've just never seen someone shape men or he's the best leader I've ever seen. So what did he say to you that, that conveyed what this? What made you feel that yeah. way? Right. Exactly. When Rich Basaccia took over as the interim head coach, what's one of the first things that Mike Mayock, who also leadership, GM position, he's, he's been put into a, a position. Remember, he was the first guy on the front line talking about everything. It wasn't the owner, and I'm not trying to, to bag on the owner, but it was Mike Mayock who was standing out in front of everyone talking. You know, and then Rich Basaccia immediately came in and started talking. But he said, I have endorsed Rich Basaccia as a head coach before I was even in this position because he recognized his leadership skills. Again, I don't know what's going to happen after the season. Don't really right now because it's not about that. Just like the Jim Harbaugh stuff started coming out yesterday. I don't care about that right now. I don't. I don't care who they're talking about. I don't care if it's any potential whatever. That doesn't matter. All that matters is what's going to happen this week and potentially after this week. But I do know right now the guys that they have in that Front office, the guys that they have in that locker room, the guy they have behind center, that leadership has put them in the position that they're in right now. And you've got to. I don't care how much it pains you. <laughs> you've got to give Derek Carson credit for that. And he's going to be on full display on Sunday night. Because, again, you're as good as your leadership. So this team, I mean, I talked about who's going to be the X factor. I'll tell you who's going to be, he won't be an X-factor, he's going to be the factor, is Derek Carr. 
Not necessarily meaning he has to go throw for 300, 400 yards, throw three touchdowns. I mean, he didn't have to have a monster game like that, but he's got to make the right decisions at the right time and set his team up for success. There's a lot, lot to go into that. Richie from Arizona hit us up on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword r We will ride the car and depend on him to get us to the promised land. We need him to run on premium on Sunday night to put the charges away. That's Raider Richie right there from Arizona. And I, think, and I pointed that out because I think that's a really good text. You've got to ride, ride the car. You've got to do that. You've got to put your faith in him to get it done. He's put you in a position, and I say you as a fan, put you in a position to see your team make it to the postseason since the first time since 2016. Through everything <laughs> that has gone on. He is the reason, just like you heard Marcus Spears and them talking about it, the reason that this opportunity that's coming up on Sunday night that we are all excited about. I know I'm fired up about the opportunity just to be a part of it. He is the reason why they're in that position. Now, obviously, there's a lot of different elements to the game as well and a lot of different elements to the team that have come up and shined, and they've done a really good job. Something we talked about before the beginning of the season, complimentary football, complimentary football, offense, defense, special teams. Hell, all three units, especially in that Indianapolis game, I mean, Frank Wright came out and said he got out coached in all three phases. It's very rarely you'll hear a coach come out and say that they got out coached in all three phases of the game. But that's what happened. That's exactly what happened. They're going to need a game like that again on Sunday if they want to find a way to get this victory against the Chargers. I, I'll tell you right now, there's about four or five different scenarios. Me and Vinny were talking. Vinny's already here at the, at the station. That's, you want to talk about fired up. Vinny's been here since, what, 10, 11? He was here before I got here. That's what I'm saying. He don't come on until 4. Most of the time, I'm looking around at about 3.30 like, hey, is Vinny coming in? Is he at the facility? Where is he at? Vinny been here since about 10 a.m. He got here right after I did. He's, he's, he's looking at different scenarios. He's been breaking it down. We were talking in the hallway. Raiders could really go from anywhere from being like the number five seed to the number seven seed based off what happens on Sunday throughout the course of the day. It's about four or five different teams that they can end up playing. I don't think there's a team that they – that they could potentially play that they can't beat. Now I'll say this, I'll put a little side note. I'd like to see them avoid Kansas city. I would just don't like the outcomes that I've seen the first two games that they've played Kansas city. If they're going to have to play the chiefs, I kind of wish it was a little bit further down the road. I'll just go ahead and throw that out there. But you know, Tennessee, they could be the one seed. Tennessee might end up with a bye. but if they're not Raiders could end up playing Tennessee, they could play the Patriots could play the bills. Could play the, the Bengals. I don't think there's any of those teams, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful to the Titans, I don't think there's any of those teams the Raiders can't beat. I think they could beat Kansas City. I'd just rather not see it right away. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'd just rather see, let them go on and get a, a playoff game underneath their belt before they have to do that, go, go through that, uh, that battle again. I think the Patriots would be the most favorable matchup. If you're a playoff team, I know it's Bill Belichick. Right, right. But then you also, I know that Mac Jones is, he's been okay this year. Yeah, he's season. still a rookie. A rookie quarterback. He's still a rookie in the That's playoffs. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So if any any other teams are just like, oh, if you, even though you have to go to New England, right. hey, still a rookie quarterback. At the end of the day, you can still try to bank on that a little bit. Yeah. Get some pressure on I agree. Rookie quarterback. No, I agree. I agree. And a small part of me would like to see them have to take on the Bengals. A small part of me. Even though the Bengals are playing really well and just knocked off Kansas City to win the AFC North. I get it. 
I, a, a small part of me would like to see it because I don't think that they played that great when they were at Allegiant Stadium. I don't think the Bengals played that great. They didn't. I mean, the, the wheels fell off at the end of the game, but there was multiple times in that game where the Raiders could have got that dub. As far as I'm concerned, took control of the game. They had it right there multiple times. That was the game that it took till what? Halfway through the fourth quarter before they got aggressive and get down the field. And then when they did get down the field, it was three plays, 75 yards, touchdown. They could have been doing that. Yeah, but the same way you're talking about the Chiefs, you don't want to see them just yet. Yeah, that's The true. Bengals are the team. <laughs> they are clicking at the right time. No, you're right. All those cliches. Oh, they are hot. And it's just like, hey, listen, listen. No, that's that's a good point. <laughs> that's a good point. I'll, I'll yeah, I'll, I'll stand corrected on that one. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's different scenarios. And you're right. I mean, a rookie quarterback would be the way to go. But, again, none of that matters. If you don't handle your business on Sunday. Hold on. Speaking of scenarios, you mentioned it on the podcast, and I wanted to bring it up since Monday, but I was like, he was no, going to laugh me out of the, he's going to laugh me out of the am, station. And I'm glad so you're bringing it up. Say. I'm glad you're bringing it up. I know what you're going to say, and I think it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard, and I can't believe there's actual traction about this conversation. All right, guys. So if the Jaguars are able to defeat the Colts. And then wait, and hold on. The Colts have not beat Jacksonville in Jacksonville since 2014. So just go ahead and throw that out there, and they're playing in Jacksonville. All right, playing in Jacksonville. So let's say everybody's looking up before the game. Hey, Jacksonville won, huh? Maybe Brandon Staley, Riz Basaccia, they look at each other. Hey, we just going to kneel it out, everybody. Or we just going to play a little fun game, you know, just a little two-hand touch. Everybody just have no, a little fun. No, that's the dumbest. I, I can't believe that. Game ends in a tie. Everybody goes home I happy. I can't even believe there's conversation about this. Somebody hit me up on Twitter you know, everybody finishes the game. You go get them, man. Y'all, y'all have a good run of the playoffs. Somebody hit me up on Twitter like two days ago when that scenario first rolled out. And I thought, I, I read it and I said, I don't even know what you mean by this. You know, I said, what are you talking about? Like, what are you trying to say? Oh, just let the game end in a tie. And I said, who plays a game to tie? Who does that? Well, I mean, just the way that the season's gone and the way that the, you know, the NFL to the Raiders, that'd be the way for the Raiders to take it back to the, and I brushed it off or whatever. And then they even came back later and go, yeah, you know, it wasn't even that serious. All of a sudden, this has got like major traction. These coaches are being asked about it. Brandon Staley's talking about the integrity of yes. the game. He would never. Right. Rich Passaccia said today when he was asked about it, he said, I don't even know what you just said. He's like, I don't even think I passed math. And I don't, <laughs> I, I don't understand what you just said. No <laughs> athlete and no coach with half a salt of integrity would play for a tie. Have you ever in your life said, I'm just going to try to tie at anything? Hold on. But it's not about, no, it's not about the tie. It, no, no, Q, but hold on. It's not about the tie. It absolutely It's is. about that nobody's winning any. Like, you know, we can, you know, it's always like football is a car accident. Every tackle is like, oh, you're basically asking these guys to get into a collision every play. Hey, this this could be the, hey, That's guys. That's what they how about, do. How about we all just, you know, save each other the, the wear and tear, take the night off? Save that for the, save that for preseason. Save that for preseason. There we go. A nice preseason game. I've never, ever, ever heard that conversation and can't believe that that conversation. And this is not towards you. I know. but It's it funny was to on talk Good about. Morning Football this morning <laughs> on NFL Network. Like Peter Schrager and Kay Adams and all them cats were talking about it this morning. They went on like a five or six minute. Chris Carter, Hall of Fame Chris Carter said, and I quote, Brandon Staley, I don't think he would do that. Brandon, Brandon, Brandon Staley is too much of a gangster to do that. He said, but Rich Passaccia, he might he might play for the tie. He might be okay with the tie. Like, how disrespectful is that? 
How dis- and I like Chris Carter a lot, but how disrespectful is it to say that, oh, I think the Raiders head coach, Rich Basaccia, he might be okay with a tie? Like, why would you say that? Because Brandon Staley's built up the reputation. I'll always go for it on fourth down. Nobody's more aggressive than I'll me. Tell you and right this would be the game to actually see if he about that life. I'll tell you something about that life. I'm glad you said about that life. I was always taught to respect my elders. I was always taught that the OG in the room is the one you better be, be careful with. If I look at Staley... Young kid Staley, and I look at Rich Basaccia, I'm giving Rich Basaccia all the credit in the world. He looks like he he looks like he can call a hit without ever make picking up the phone. Are you saying the two coaches put him in the octagon? Rich Basaccia is walking out. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I'm saying I'm not gonna disrespect the guy that's uh been around the block a few more times than the other guy. I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that right now. I'd rather call out the young cat. Then I call out the OG, man. I've been, hey, man, it's like being in the barbershop. You going to talk bad to the to the OG in the corner? Hell no, you ain't. One thing you I got better saying, home training than that. Yeah, it's the difference when you got that grown man strength. <laughs> OGs, you don't mess with the OG, man. But this is what I really want to see because you're talking about that. Because I don't. he's like, oh, Brandon Staley's a gangster. Because it's easy to do that in the middle of the season, a game against the Ravens, you're down. Well, we're just going to go for it on fourth down on, like, on our own 20 Blah, 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 blah. But this is for all the marbles. Are you going to be that aggressive? Are you going to go for all those fourth downs? This is the time where people can give them that boy wonder label. I'm tired of the Brandon Staley hype. <laughs> I think a lot of people are starting to get tired of it. I respect him as a coach. I respect all the coaches because, look, it's 32, 32 of them in the league. It's not easy to get. Some are better than others. I think that Brandon Staley is a good coach. I'm not going to sit here and put him on a pedestal like he's the next best thing to slice bread. He goes for two, and it's just like, oh my god, would you? How did you do? You know it? why I think How'd a lot of think about it. You know, you know why I think a lot of fans can appreciate what he does because a lot of fans, and I'm not just talking Raider fans. I'm talking about fans in general across the NFL would like to see their head football coach go for it a couple more times. That's why. So it's all you always want what you don't have. You know what I mean? If you have this quarterback, you want that quarterback. You have this girl, you want that girl. You have, you know, this head coach, you got that. People always want what they don't have. I'm driving in a nice Escalade. I look over, see another one. I want that one. It's, not, it's just natural reaction. It's just who we are. We can't help ourselves. We always want things that we can't necessarily have and don't have. But, hey, Rich Basaccia, he rolled the dice last week, fourth and two, touchdown. But, yeah, when Chris Carter said that, oh, Brandon Staley is gangster. Rich Passaccia, he he would he would probably be okay with playing for the tie. Like, what would make you what would make you fix your face to say that on national TV? Not not saying that around your homeboys. And this is coming from the same dude that said you got to have a fall guy. Remember when Chris Carter said that? If you're if you're somebody and you got a lot of money and you're a professional, you need to make sure you have a fall guy, like a guy who's going to take the hit when you get yourself into some trouble. Oh, I did it. I was the one. You know, he said that, and then he gonna try to. Fix his face to talk about Rich Passaccia like that. I couldn't. I had to rewind the track and, and play it back just to make sure I heard it correctly. 226 at the time. When we come back, we'll be talking to Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus, talking all things Raiders, all things just Pro Football Focus, their breakdown. We'll do that next here on Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. There's no big secret to winning football. It's just doing what these guys do every game. Just go out and give it your best. Bottom line, I took a team to a Super Bowl and we won. I even had some guys on that team that nobody wanted. But we were a team. And that's what you guys are. You're a football team. That's kind of like a family. Except you get to hit each other. But you have to stick together. Do that, you'll be fine. Thanks, Mr. Madden. 
Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. 2.32 is the time here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Pleased to have on the phone lines now from Pro Football Focus, Brad Spielberger. You can find him on Twitter at PFF underscore Brad. And Brad, thank you so much for your time. Always love getting a perspective from Pro Football Focus because you guys just have a different way of, of looking at, at what's been going on on the field and, and the statistical side of what's going on with the team. And right now, the Raiders currently on a three-game winning streak, having an opportunity to make it to the playoffs with a win on Sunday night against the Chargers at Allegiant Stadium. From the defensive side of things, during this three-game win streak, what have you seen? What have the numbers told you about the Raiders' defense? Yeah, you know, first of all, thank you for having me on. I'm glad to be here. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the first thing that sticks out is is their run defense. You know, you know, they, we've made a lot of talking about Casey Hayward and Nate Hobbs and how this secondary has played a lot better and and they've gotten after the you know the passer as well as Max Crosby taking his big step. But you know, on the interior and with these off-ball linebackers, they've cycled through kind of all year long. I mean, the way they played against the Indianapolis Colts is as good as a defense has played against the run against the Colts in a long time. And, and with that being said, stop, you know, stopping the run or trying to slow down the run. I mean, Taylor still went over 100 yards, but in my opinion, it wasn't game record 100 yards. You know, it wasn't one of those where uh, he's that guy <laughs> that just destroyed you. Right now, in late December and January, that's when you've got to be better at stopping the run because other teams are going to want to run the ball, right? Right, exactly right. You know, it gets cold, it gets windy out, and, and also just – you know, teams are more cognizant. If they get up by a couple scores, they're going to try to burn clock. They're going to try to do all they can to keep your offense off the football field. And so, yeah, if you can stop the run, it enables you to, you know, if they're going to go three and out and punt the ball right back to you, then it forces them, all right, we have to look to pass. And then, of course, you pin your ears back and have, you know, Max Crosby, Yannick Ngakwe, and these guys getting after opposing quarterbacks. Right, and with them getting after the quarterbacks, and Ngakwe leads the team right now in sacks, and Crosby second on the team. And I know their numbers aren't huge as far as the sacks, but they have a ton of pressures. So how do do those relate? You know, I I know they're not as great as sacks, but the pressures are really good. So how would you kind of, I don't put those into words, what they're doing as far as pressures go? Yeah, so the best way to look at it from an individual perspective first is that a player's pressures in a year prior is more predictive of their sacks in the following season than their sacks in the year prior, right? So, so if I were to look at Max Crosby and say, okay, he has you know five sacks this season. Next season, he might have you know six sacks. That would be silly. What I would want to do is, all right, Max Crosby has you know sixty-five pressures this season. If he repeats that performance, which is more likely, then he might have you know nine or ten or twelve sacks next year. So that's how you look at it from an individual level. In terms of affecting the play, I mean, yes, of course, getting the quarterback on the ground is hugely valuable. But you look across the NFL, I mean, quarterbacks, their ability to produce when they're from a clean pocket versus pressured, I mean, it falls off by, you know, several yards per attempt. So just getting a quarterback to to not be comfortable, to be moving outside of the pocket, having to throw off platform, off script, you know, they they could throw the ball away out of bounds. They could even, you know, throw an interception. There, There is still... So much value just from getting a quarterback pressure. Talking right now with Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. I wanted to ask you about Trayvon Merrick, the second-round rookie out of TCU. He's played just about every single snap this year and only has one interception, but uh, playing a very difficult position, that that single high safety, that last line of defense. What have you seen from him from a a numbers point of view uh, that can kind of tell you how his season's gone? Yeah, you know, he's been really impressive. You, know, you mentioned specifically the fact that, you know, you're in this cover one, cover three system that, that, that Gus Bradley has brought over to the Raiders, and that single high safety that is that ball hawk and that deep third player, it's a really tough 
and really valuable positions. So, yes, just one interception, but he has a 74 coverage grade for us, which is, is very good for any player, really, really good for a young rookie player. Um, yeah, and so the thing with him is, is you're also starting to notice as you watch the film a little bit that as the season has gone on and as, as opposing quarterbacks have kind of learned his name and learned who he is, I mean, he, he's affecting passes. He, he is causing quarterbacks to maybe look the other direction, you know, based on where he's aligned and things of that nature. And, and teams cannot attack over the middle against the Raiders as much as they can other teams. And, Brad, looking at the Raiders' offense, early in the season they were scoring 30 points per game and they were really kind of high-flying all over the place. Now they've, they've trimmed it back, you know, about 20, 22 points a game, whatever, around that area. What have you seen from them from the numbers point of view for the last three games, this three-game winning streak? What, what, are, what do they look like? Where, do they, where are they ranking these days? Yeah, so, you know, the offense, for, for obviously a lot of reasons, has fallen off a little bit. But, you know, I think it's to be expected when you're losing, you know, impact performance. I mean, your two best receiving options, honestly, for these last three weeks. And also, of course, you know, a head coach that, you know, got a $100 million contract because he's a very bright offensive mind. But I think the thing to notice with them is that, when they need a big play, I feel like Derek Carr maybe gets flack for this in general, but Derek Carr on third downs this, these past three weeks has been really, really, really good football. I mean, the guy is, is keeping them ahead of the chains, but, but a lot of times his offensive line is so porous that they kind of can't stay ahead of the chains, and he's converting on a higher clip of third and seven through third and tens that we're used to seeing from him. No, he really is. And, you know, he's had a couple game-winning uh, drives. He's got 29 in his career. I mean, when it comes down to two minutes and Derek Carr with his hands on the ball, he usually does some really good things. What do you see from him, particularly in those two-minute drives, that kind of separates him from others? Yeah, you know, the thing I think that has taken his game to this next level is that he used to, I think, be very tethered to the system and be very, you know, if his first read or maybe his first and second read in progression were not open, I think he would kind of panic. And now I think he's getting more comfortable and getting better at playing outside of structure. You know, it's the thing that when we talk about Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and those guys, and it's, look, it's not always replicable. It's kind of hard to do that consistently. But when a play breaks down, those guys can still, you know, keep their eyes downfield, find an open player, and create, you know, explosive plays. And I think that was lacking from Carr's game in the past. And now you're starting to see him, you know, he's more comfortable navigating the pocket or, or even leaving the pocket, but still keeping his eyes downfield, finding maybe a, you know, a Hunter Renfro who's dancing around doing God knows what, finding a <laughs> Zay Jones. Zay Jones always seems to be open on those plays as well. I think he's just more comfortable. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought up Zay Jones and Hunter Renfro. Those two guys were the highest-ranked players for the Raiders last week, of, according to Pro Football Focus. Uh, how much more comfortable are you seeing, especially Zay Jones, just kind of uh, his, his role in this offense continue to evolve? Yeah, he's a fascinating player because you could always tell the team loved him. You know, I mean, they obviously, you know, made a move for him. You know, he was in Buffalo. They bring him over and, and always tried to get him reps, tried to get him snaps. And, and even as they were bringing in, you know, young rookies like Ruggs and Edwards and things like that, he was, he was still present. And I think you see why. They clearly believed in him as a person and as a player, and it's starting to pay off. I would say he's starting to look like a guy that, that Carr really just trusts and really just respects that he's going to be where he needs to be, um, can, can make some players miss after the catch and stuff like that. But it, it's been cool to see him kind of grow in this offense. No, it really has. And, uh, again, he had eight catches over 100 yards last week. First time in his career he had gone over 100 yards. And so it's just – if right now, if he could have that kind of production, has really helped out. As you mentioned earlier, the Raiders don't have all their weapons. Darren Waller, maybe he'll return this week. Who knows? But – they do have Hunter Renfro. That's one big-time weapon that they have. What have you seen from him throughout the course of the season? I mean, he's at 99 catches, over 1,000 yards. He's been pretty incredible just from the naked eye. No, 100%. And he's a guy, you know, I focus on contracts and stuff like that a little bit too. So 
he's a guy that, that, that might get extended this offseason. You know, he, he's eligible for an early extension, and he's played that well. You know, I think he's a guy who just understands how to manipulate the zone. So he knows that it is fine. You hear people say the soft spots in the defense or, or just finding an opening. I think, play, you know, we can, we can kind of take for granted how hard it can be for some guys to just have a feel for the game. And, and so he just knows, you know, like cut off my route a little bit early because there's a dead zone where there's not defensive players or just – there's these little things that, you know, it, it, it's the intelligence he brings to the game. Um, and, and, yeah, another guy where, you know, he's just, he just seems to always be open. Talking again with Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm glad you mentioned contracts because I did want to go there. Uh, Hunter Renfro and Max Crosby, they're two guys that have four-year deals. What would you do in those situations? Uh, what do you think that the Raiders may do knowing that both of those guys, like you mentioned, could be eligible for a contract extension after this season? Yeah, so, you know, the general approach is if you have a good young player on a rookie contract, you know, you want to extend them early because the market always grows. But I do think these two guys, it's interesting, you know, at wide receiver and edge rusher, frankly, the market has kind of been flattened out, if not decreased the last, you know, year, two years. So it's interesting. You know, I think with Crosby, you might wonder, you know, do we want to see him replicate this and do it again? The, the, the risk there is if he does go into his final year of his rookie contract and he does repeat his performance from this season, I mean, you're talking about maybe making him, you know, one of, if not the highest paid edge rushers in football. Whereas I think this offseason, you could maybe kind of get him, again, still probably looking at, you know, $20 million per year. I mean, definitely a very big contract, but maybe you don't have to make him, you know, $27, $28 million per year. So I would look to extend him early for sure. Hunter Renfro, I think he's kind of in that, you know, 12 to 15 million per year range. Um, that's a tougher call. You know, I think I would pay Hunter Renfro. I think he's a reliable player. You obviously, you know, you're not really going to be spending on, on other receivers you know, that you've drafted recently, so you have some, some saved money there, so to speak. Um, but that's a tough one. I mean, it's also a question of do you think he's that valuable or do you think the value from him was having him on this cheap deal? Wow, I'm, I'm so fascinated. So now this contract talk has really got the ball rolling here. So I got to ask you about Derek Carr. I mean, the, the quarterbacks and the, and the contracts with quarterbacks is out of this world. What do you think is fair value? Let's just say fair value for a quarterback at Derek Carr's caliber. Yeah, so I'll, t- I'll tell you, I'm going to say the fair value, and, I, and I've said it before on, on Raiders Airwaves, and, and I think they were a little bit shocked. But, I mean, based on his age, he's not even 30 yet. He's now played the best ball of his career the last couple of years. He also, you know, a lot of people used to say the offensive line carried him, and the offensive line has been, frankly, bad this year, and he's still playing at a very high level. I mean, he's a guy where, if I'm his agent, I'm not taking anything less than $40 million per year. I mean, that is that is how good he is and, and his age and all that and just the, the lack of availability of quarterbacks on the open market. I think a five-year, $200 million deal is probably a fair deal for all parties. Yeah, and, and, and Raider Nation's going to have, they're going to feel some way about that. But uh, yeah, I mean, again, that's kind of the market right now, right? And I mean, that's just, that's just what it is. And you're, you're right. I think uh, it's the supply and demand. There's not enough quality, really quality quarterbacks that you could just say, okay, hey, well, if he's not here, then who? I mean, that's always going to be the question. Again, we're talking with Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus. My man, DeMond's got a question for you. Yeah, Brad, we see with Justin Herbert how he's probably a top five in all the good PFF metrics. Is there anything that you've seen or any number or anything that you can point out that maybe he can, that the Raiders will be able to slow him down a bit? Because you watch TV and it's, it's, he's darn near perfect. Yeah, no, he really is. You know, I think the one thing you can do with him, and we saw Bill Belichick, which, of course, it's always hard to replicate what Bill Belichick does, but the one thing they did a lot with him is what they were showing pre-snap was different than what they did post-snap. So, you know, again, the Raiders are kind of a very unique defense that really sticks to their principles. But 
the, the, the Patriots would, have, would be showing two high safeties and then would rotate the single high safety, or they'd be showing a man coverage look and then actually play zone. So it's really, it's, it's kind of just disguising things and just making it so he's less confident in what he's seen. Talking again with Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. You got another one for him? No, that's all I wanted no, to know. Okay. No, because it's just, just like, Justin Herbert. That's it. <laughs> yeah, because it's always about Herbert this, Herbert that. I right. wanted to see if there was something that maybe he's seeing. Right. No, no. That I, could slow Herbert down a little bit. No, I, I, I got you. You know, we were talking about Brandon Staley, the head coach of the Chargers earlier, and how he gets all the love for being basically a, a boy genius, not you know, not quite on the level of Sean McVay a few years ago, but still, he's on that level. What have you been seeing from Brandon Staley? I know he rolls the dice a lot on fourth and two and fourth and three or whatever. He goes for two. He goes for it all the time. Yeah, what have you been seeing and, and, and kind of what are the numbers look like for Brandon Staley and the way he coaches yeah so you know I think the thing with him that yeah of course we, we love to go for two over at PFF and I, and I are you know going on four downs going for two all that but I think the thing with him more is that you know he has an outlined process so like a lot of these guys like you can tell when they're making the decisions in the moment that they're thinking through it at the moment and, and you shouldn't be doing that you should have on, on you know Monday to Saturday should be when you think through if we're in this situation, what are we then going to do? And I think Staley is just, it's, it's clear that he's done that. So, so that's why there's a lot of love there. But look, I mean, for all, all the things he's great at, he is a defensive coach, and this Chargers defense is not that good. You know, you, you can run the ball on them, and I'm sure, you know, the, the Raiders are going to be trying to pound the rock, run a bunch of duo, and, and just have, you know, a couple tight ends on the field, get Josh Jacobs going early, and you can do that against this football team. Um, but yeah, I mean, Brandon Staley, I think, he, you know, he, he gives good answers, and, and you can tell, even if he does the wrong thing, he took the time to think through why he made the decision he made. I can, yeah, I can get on board with that. Absolutely. I mean, it's not like he just kind of grabbed something and threw it against the wall and it stuck. And he said, "Yep, yeah, that's what we're going to roll with." <laughs> so, <laughs> right, right. I, I could appreciate that, Brad. Fantastic stuff, man. You got anything coming down to Pro Football Focus that anyone should be on the lookout for? Any podcasts that you're dropping anytime soon? They got a big article on Monday, the top 100 free agents coming up, and we Ooh. project what the deals are going to be, and then also we project landing spots so folks can see you know, maybe some guys that make sense for the Raiders. So keep an eye out for that. No doubt. Well, that excites me as well, Brad. Uh, we appreciate your time this afternoon, and we look forward to talking to you down the line. Sounds good. Thank you, guys. Absolutely. Great stuff right there. Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus uh, covering the Raiders right there, talking all elements of the Raiders, even talking a little Brandon Staley and some Justin Herbert right there. Uh, that's He goes for two. That, <laughs> why you say it like that, though? Why you got to throw your hand up there when he does it? Because it's one of those things. It's like he didn't reinvent the wheel, okay? Like, all right. Man, you, He's risking you are not bit. a big Staley guy. No, it's just, it's one of those things. I hope, this is what I hope, and I don't, I don't never wish nothing bad on you. You know that. You're my guy. <laughs> But I hope, <laughs> with all that being said, I hope during your media relations job, you get stuck in the Chargers in their press conference room. So you got to go ahead and, and walk around and mic to different people asking, Brandon Staley, great questions. So when you went for two there, well, obviously, <laughs> I looked at the numbers. We talked to our analytics. And then you could see with the possibility and the probability, okay, we get it. It's numbers. It's okay. All right. Speaking of numbers, call number nine is what I'm looking for right now. 702-365-9200. I want to get you in to win the Ultimate Raider hookup. What is that, you ask? Two tickets to the game that everyone wants to go to Sunday night at Allegiant Stadium. Two passes to that win club so you can get your party on as well. And, oh, by the way, just because we're cool like that, throw in an autographed Mad Max jersey at the same damn time. We're going to get you hooked up with a Raiders t-shirt. That's going to get you in to win the ultimate prize, and we're going to do it right now. So 702-365-9200. Looking for caller number nine. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. It's unnecessary roughness. The judge, Lester Hayes, joining us now. That's YQ. Of course, our team kept winning. Kept winning, Q, because of our training. You got to put in the work. 
and the time and the perseverance and the patience to train your body and train your brain. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Got to give a big shout out to Andreas from Las Vegas, call number nine. Got in to win the Ultimate Raiders hookup. That's tickets to the game on Sunday. Passes to the Win Field Club. And an autographed Mad Max jersey. And a little extra special shout out to Andreas. As we were taking the information to lodge it in our little database that we have here, just realized his birthday was on New Year's Eve, 1231, 1996. That's a new booty. That's a youngster. Younger than me. Younger than you. I bet you he don't have no silly takes like you, though. What do you mean silly takes? Like, I'm sure he's a smart dude. I didn't get to talk to him. You got to talk. But, like, you have just... These are hardcore takes here, man. You don't have any. There's nothing hardcore. No. I mean, no, there's if, nothing I, hardcore. if I yelled more, if I had a little bit of a more authoritative voice, people would believe me a little bit more because, I mean, I'm spitting the truth. Uh, no. no if I yelled not. more? No. Andreas is definitely. You want me to go like Francesa? Like, no, I mean, no. I can do it. I, I believe that if if Andreas was making a decision, if he was Team Demon or Team Q, he's definitely riding Team Q all day. I don't know why you're trying to pit our listeners against each I'm other, not. man. I'm just saying sometimes you got to pick a side. Right? I mean, if you want I mean, you want to be on the right side. I mean, look, even tag team partners don't decide to tap out every once in a while. You know, every once in a while you got to reach a tag and the partner might not be there. I'm just saying. I, I had to put that into a storyline that you would understand. Well, you know, somebody's got to be the Shawn Michaels. Somebody's got to be the Janetti. And you don't know what that means, but. uh, Wait, Those were those were the. <laughs> was that? That wasn't the barber, right? Uh, they were the rockers. Okay. But, um, Who's the barber? What do you mean the barber? There was a barber. Brutus the Beefcake? There you go. Yeah. I liked him. I liked him. I liked how he cut people's hair after he won. I thought that was awesome. I did. I got, I told you about my barbershop. I always get into an argument at my barbershop. It's fun. I mean, because that's what we do at the barbershop, yeah, right? Yeah, that's what you do at the barbershop. That's what, I mean, that's what you're supposed to do. If you ain't done that, if you ain't grown up talking trash at the barbershop, you ain't grown up yet. And, well, I, I mean, I see physical evidence that you haven't grown up yet, but I get it. Now, I just don't be one to school people, man. You know how some people, times people be talking. Well, no, it's, it's like, funny. I'm glad you said it like that because my guy, Will, who's a really good dude, real good dude. I don't mind calling him by name, Will. He, and so a lot of folks will be like, oh, I know exactly who he's talking about. Will's a good dude, but he, he swears that he knows, like, everything, right? Which is awesome. And so he tries to get on me. He was talking. We were talking the Hall of Fame, and we were talking about some other players, this, that, and the other. And he tried to get on me about something. So then he thought, and I kind of used the, the the line that my old barber used to say to me, like, just because you're the loudest dude here don't mean that you're right, right? So I, I got him with that one. And then so he tried to get me and tell everyone in the shop, well, oh, he got a little sports radio show. So, you know, he thinks he knows. But I'll, I'll get in here and school him. I, I, and he said, he went there, Damon, he said, I could do his job. You know, I, I could go and uh, talk talk sports on the radio. And I said, well, Will, I could cut hair. Don't mean that I can. But I physically could pick up the clippers and cut hair, which doesn't mean it's going to be good. But I can do it. So you could come on the radio and talk. Don't mean it's going to be good or it's going to even make sense. But you could physically do it, sure. And right now we got Will on the line. <laughs> Will on line one. <laughs> but that's my guy. It's, I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's a good time. I Legitimately, I get to the barbershop, maybe 9 a.m. at the latest, right? And the wife will text me about 1 or 1230. He's like, hey, how's everything going at the shop? I'm like, oh, I'm just sitting around talking trash. I got my haircut about an hour ago. <laughs> but I hate it when cats are just wrong, when they're giving out wrong stats or wrong names right, and right, something. Right. It's just like, 
hey, I'm not about to jump in here and try to correct you and just, you know. It's, I mean, it's always. I, then I'm going to be the know-it-all. I've never, ever been the dude that's, like, been mad when I left. You know what I mean? Because oh, it's a barbershop. It's you know, supposed to be fun. It's fun. It's fun. It's a fun conversation. But, but I'm, I'm not going to lie. Like, it is, like, when I was, like, a little younger, you know, especially, like, those early days in college. Yeah. Be like, oh, this is the sports dude right here. And it's like, no, 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 don't. No, because then people are going to be trying to talk to me. No. And you know what? I'll let y'all talk to sports and I'll just listen. Well, as I was saying, Andreas, I think I'm saying his name correctly, was was our winner. It was called number nine, and happy birthday to him, and uh, good luck in winning the ultimate Raiders hookup. I say all that to tell him happy birthday. Exactly, and it's like I love that someone young is listening to radio live. He was driving. He's giving me information. He's like, hold on, let me pull over. Oh, good, good call. Good way to be <laughs> safe. Look, not only... Not only is he listening, but he's being safe at the same time. Responsible young man. That's what I'm talking about. Then I know he's definitely on Team Q if he's a responsible <laughs> young man. 257 <laughs> is the time. When we come back, we'll kick off hour number two. Paloma Villacana will join the show. This is Radio Nation Radio 920.